Welcome to the Play More Music Podcast with your host, Kurt Hilton. Kurt, who is the owner and DJ for Playmore Music Entertainment, talks with clients and vendors in the wedding industry, get tips on how to get into the wedding industry, and hear how some amazing vendors got their start. Be sure to stick around for the end of the show for fast acquaintance questions. Now it's time for the Playmore Music Podcast. Here's your host, Kurt Hilton. Welcome back to another episode of the Playmore Music Podcast. This week, I got to speak to the amazing Megan Gillikin from A Southern Soiree, Weddings for Real podcast, and The Planner's Vault. We talked about how she got into this industry and the surprise that came with it. We also talked about interviewing the clients, how vendors can communicate better, and the Weddings for Real podcast and how that podcast helped me diversify my business before the pandemic. We talked about getting burnt out in this business and so much more. So sit back and enjoy another episode of the Playmore Music Podcast. All right, I'm on the Playmore Music Podcast, the one, the only, Megan Gillikin from Southern Soiree. How are you doing? Kurt, I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? I, I was telling you and your husband, I'm, your husband, your hubby, that the sun's out. I'm excited and I'm excited to have you on the show. You're like the, the queen of bridal planners in the East Coast. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, I love it. I haven't heard that title before, but I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> so what's keeping you busy during the pandemic nowadays? A little too much, Kurt, if I'm being fully honest. Um, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy ride. I have uh, my planning business, which as you know, in the wedding industry has been a very tumultuous, uh, I've been calling it the Rona coaster. We've okay. all been on the Rona coaster. I like that. Um, but yeah, we've, you know, we've had some weddings. We've had a lot of postponements. We've become more of a therapist than we were before as wedding planners. And then I have three small children, I have a podcast, and I actually launched a new business a couple of weeks before the pandemic. So that definitely has been keeping me busy. So that does, it does sound like a very, very busy time during the pandemic and it keeps you busy. I don't know about, does your days feel like they fly by? They do. They really do. Not just the weekdays, but like the weekends too. Everything just feels like, I mean, I literally, I feel like we're moving at warp speed right now. Yeah. It's like slow down. And, you know, I think we're all ready to get back to normal, but then we're going to think about, you know, being with our kids and and then be like, okay, you know, which way do we go with our emotions? But I wanted, I'm so excited to have you on. I want to talk about how you got into the business, you know, the, the, the podcast you have and the new membership service you got coming out for people. First of all, how did you get into the the wedding industry? So this is a really crazy story. I um, went to school for hospitality management. I worked for Marriott hotels for about five years. So I worked in some of the least glamorous positions that you can imagine. I worked at the front desk. I worked in banquet operations, overseeing the setup and breakdown of events. My uniform when I was in that position was a men's red suit coat with really intense shoulder pads. It was really glamorous. Um, And then I moved into the venue side of things, the catering and sales side. I got married back in 2010 to my husband, Jason, and about three weeks into um, having been married, I was kind of thinking like, what is the next step with my career after working in a venue? And I reached out to a local planner here in my market, hoping for a job interview to join her team. She got back to me. We set up a time to meet. We had um, a meeting time. I had my resume. I had uh, references, like just all the things, very wanted to be on point. And she um, showed up to our, what I thought was an interview about 10 to 15 minutes late, sat down next to me and said, 
I'm looking to sell my business and I'm moving in a few months and I have some weddings on the books that I'm looking for someone to take over and I'm leaving. And it was such an interesting like shift from what I thought it was going to be. I was not interviewing for her job. She was looking to sell her business. I went home to my, um, as I said, three weeks at the time, husband and said to him, oh gosh, it's such a bummer. Like I really wanted this opportunity, but I'm not at a place to purchase a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason, my husband was like, no, this is what you're meant to do. Let's take out a small business loan. You can leave your full-time job. We're going to make this happen. And so we did, we, I left my job. Uh, we did take out a small business loan. The journey after that, there's like the choose your own adventure, typically at this point where I can tell the, everything went great and it was all fine story. Or there's like the real version of the story that was, it was, um, it was, it was a lot. There was, um, from a, a vendor standpoint, you'll appreciate this. As I started to go out to venues that I would want to work at as a wedding planner in the market, I heard horror story after horror story after horror story after horror story of experiences where things had not gone well with the previous owner. I was removed from all uh, preferred planner list. And I kind of had to start below ground of rebuilding the business instead of starting at ground where you kind of start on your own. So it was, it was an interesting journey. Now, when you say like you brought something up, you know, the, the horror stories as a professional wedding company, mm-hmm. don't you think the first step the vendors should do is interview the client as well as them interviewing you? Because they might have everything you want. They might have you know, want to buy the package. I think you should interview the client too, because their personality might not match with yours and you're jumping to something you might not feel comfortable about. And yeah. the whole time before the wedding comes up, you're thinking, wow, I really don't think I'm a good fit for this person. So I tell a lot of vendor- vendors, you need to interview them as well, because just because they want to hire you doesn't mean you need to take the job. So when you recommend that, I do recommend that. And I think you just need to listen to that inner voice that we all have. There's that, there's that gut that typically you hear certain things and a little light goes off and you're like, Hmm, this could be signing up for something. I don't want to sign up for, for the Mm -hmm. next 12 to 18 months of my life or double that if it's a pandemic and you carry those clients significantly longer. Um, But yeah, I think it goes both ways for sure. And I, I will say this, I think that Um, as someone that mentors other wedding industry pros at this point, I see a lot of comments on, oh, this client is terrible or this client, you know, did this or did that. And I think that something that we as um, vendors possibly don't do as well as we could is communicate expectations clearly on the front end of what the relationship is going to look like, where the boundaries are, what's allowed, what's not allowed, what they can expect from us as far as when they'll be hearing from us, what next steps are. I think a lot of times um, we get into like this business, like go, 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 right? Like book Mm -hmm. a client, book a client. And we forget and, and I say this because I, I absolutely have done it as well, is we forget that they have just committed 
thousands of dollars. They've spent more on your services than they've ever spent on, you know, they've Mm -hmm. never hired you in this particular capacity. Same for me, same for like, it's this whole day. There's a lot of pressure and they're feeling a lot of anxiety and unknown. And we're just like, we got you. Like, we'll see you on the wedding day. Like no big deal. All of this is um, easy for us. But I think sometimes, yes, there's either two categories. There's either the client that is just going to be difficult no matter how much communication. And then there's the client that needed a little bit more handholding and expectation setting on the front end. And they could have been a dream client. Absolutely. Yeah. I I've had uh, DJs reach out to me and say, Hey, how do I, how do I uh, build, build more books of you know clients? And I'm like, what bo- book of business? I'm like, you need to just step back and see what you can handle and don't just take anything because you're going to find out real quick, you know, you're going to fail if you just keep taking, like you just said, keep taking all these gigs and you don't know what you're doing in the business. So I I love that. I love that feedback and, and talk about your business. Where did, where did they get the name? I like the name. Uh, You know, she named it. So that was something interesting as well as she named it before I came into the picture. I will say this. I don't know um, who the listeners are of your podcast, but it does not abbreviate well. So you cannot abbreviate my business name (laughs) without it becoming. It's good though. It's a cool name though. I like it. It is cool. It is cool. Yeah. So when I made this podcast, my whole, my, the, the reason for it was to get out there and talk to vendors like yourself, talk to clients and get a better acquaintance to other vendors because we do have gatherings where we all meet. Some are very, you know, keep to themselves, you know, I guess, and you, introducing yourself to somebody can be hard for some people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Introverts, extroverts, whatever, what, whatever you be. And I would, would wanted to create something that we all can talk to each other, get to know one each other, talk to people who are successful like yourself, who has, you know, like your podcast, I wanted to talk about weddings for real. Your podcast actually helped me. I, you had a, a client on there, actually uh, somebody on there talking about diversifying your business. Yes. And I heard that and I, and I just stopped and I'm like, what are they, what are they talking about? And this is right before the pandemic and my business, the DJ business, we stopped at March. I'm by myself. I'm a one man band. So we stopped mm-hmm. at March. And luckily I heard that, I think, I think it was January you had that episode. Mm-hmm. I started putting my voiceover business with my DJ business, rebranded the logos, put it under one umbrella. So I owe you a thank you to that because I think that's important to even vendors. Don't you think they should have a backup and diversify even, no matter what they're doing? I love to hear that. So thank you for sharing that. I think that for a lot of reasons, you need to diversify your business. I think financially, you should have different streams of income coming in. So if something ever stops, like we saw what happened in um, 2020, financially, it's important. I think also just like emotionally and mentally, it's important to have your head in the game in a different way, because I can say this with confidence. I have been a wedding planner now for 11 years. I, I love my business, but I don't see myself being a wedding planner 10, 15 years from now. So I have to start to plant those seeds for diversification so that I don't get to a place of burnout and say, oh, I'm out and burn Mm -hmm. my business to the ground, which is kind of what I bought 11 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, That's a, that's a good point because I am, I just talked to a DJ today and some people call me asking for birthday parties or school dances. I quit doing that. I'm at, I'm at a point where I'm just private parties, sure. weddings, because that burnout stage is real. Anything it is real. After come, I think November, most wedding vendors, I don't care what they say. They're like, dude, I'm taking a break. I, you know, they're celebrating because we put our heart and soul in our passion because this is the best day of somebody's life. And 
it's scary to even think about messing somebody's day up. It is scary. And it's scary 11 years in. I don't know how, how many years have you had your business? I, I started back in 1999 in St. Louis. I, I, I had, I had two people with me and I had a couple people, you know, I would do like the subcontract work. And I, I got scared because one time I had a vendor tell me, um, I had a guy call out the day of the wedding and mm -hmm. he literally almost had a heart attack because he had to find somebody within hours to DJ mm -hmm. that wedding. And I said, all right, dudes, I'm not doing any more subcontracting ever again, because the thought of, especially during COVID, yeah. somebody gets sick. Who's going to do this wedding? There's no, there's no excuse. No. Yeah. I think the pressure of being in the wedding industry is a lot. And what I was going to say is that I don't know about you, but still on a wedding day, I mean, I've done hundreds of weddings. I still kind of the night before I'm like, okay, I gotta make sure I have all these things said. And on the day of, I kind of go into it with this level of yes. apprehension of, I hope everything, there's certain things that are within my control as a planner. And then there are certain things that there, I cannot think of a wedding in the years that I've been doing this, that something hasn't gone wrong. Oftentimes I'd say 99.9% .9 of the time, the client doesn't ever know because it's, <laughs> it's my job as the planner to put out fires and troubleshoot. And mm -hmm. I've used this analogy on the podcast before, but you know, us as, as wedding pros, we are like the ducks floating on the pond paddling furiously underneath and you're that in your role. I'm that in my role. It's like, we will present professionally and then figure it out on the back end. So yeah, to your point, it does. It's you, you, you put everything into each of these events. And do you get the, um, do you get the like wedding hangover the next day where you're kind of like, Oh, just a little <laughs> out of energy. And you feel like you've just given it everything. Do you ever get that or no? I have a tradition, knock on wood, every time I get done with a wedding, I tell myself another satisfied customer. That's just my thing I do because that tells me mentally that I did okay. And I, when I go into, when I go into somewhere, you guys, the wedding planners, I feel so, more, so much more comfortable when I see you guys because mm -hmm. if we follow your script and follow the role in the itinerary, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So, but at the next day, I'm like, wow, I got to you know, put all the equipment up and everything. You do, you feel like exhausted. Like, yeah. just like, cause you did it you know? Yeah. Yeah. You put everything into it. So I think that there's definitely, if you going back to what you said about, um, new DJs, when you tell them like, don't, don't take all the things. Cause you don't want to get to a place that you're mm -hmm. overloaded. I think you have to, this is one of the things that I, I coach other, uh, wedding pros on is like, make sure that you're checking back in on your business and figuring out like, I'm not the same business owner that I was when I started this two years ago or mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And what do I need to shift before I get to that place of burnout? Cause Kurt, I think we, both you and I have had, um, clients in the beginning of building our business where I had two parameters for what my ideal client one was. And those were, were they breathing? And were they hosting an event? Like that was it. That was my ideal client circa 2010. Yeah, like and that. that, well, that changes as you grow, <laughs> yeah. but some um, wedding pros get so caught up in like that wheel of bookings that they forget mm -hmm. to like stop the wheel and say, wait a second, I've been working with this type of client for the last three years. This is not working. I need to hone in on who I'm speaking to, how I'm presenting my packages so that I am speaking to people that are going to really be who I want to work with. Absolutely. I love that. And uh, talk about your podcast a little bit. I, I love Weddings for Real podcast. That's such a, a, I mean, you interview everybody um, 
from DJs, caterers, everybody. And I, I love mm-hmm. that. What, what was the, the main goal for that podcast? I love this question because there was zero goal when I started the podcast. My husband, um, Jason, I guess, you know, I look at my relationship with him and I'm like, he definitely has pushed me in ways like growing professionally that at the time I didn't realize what would come after that. But he kept saying for years, like, Megan, you have all these great stories. You have to write a book. You need to write a book of all the crazy stories of weddings. And I told him, I was like, you can't do that when you're still doing it. You have to, that's like when you're done perhaps. Um, And so he encouraged me to start a podcast. Honestly, when we started the podcast, we didn't know if it was for wedding industry vendors, Mm -hmm. if it was for couples, if it was just general listening of crazy wedding stories, I would say about um, 20 episodes in, we kind of found our footing that we are for wedding pros. And my goal is to make it that you listen to it and you hear something that resonates and you're like, yes, kind of like your thing with yeah, diversifying, awesome. but then I try to keep it light. I don't want it to be boring. Cause I have a short attention span myself. So I want it to be like <laughs> fun and lighthearted and hopefully, uh, just authentic. I think all of us Wendy vendors have that kind of brain where it's like we're scatterbrained all over the place. I don't care <laughs> yeah. anybody says we, we just have one focus. You know what I mean? It's so true. If you own the business, that's your baby and that's all is to it. So you're focused. And um, so with, with a lot of your, your, the people that you have on the show, what, what's, what is their takeaway from it? Cause I always, I'm always curious when I'm done with my shows, you know, what was your takeaway from my show? Did you get any feedback like that from your, from your guests? I think um, they like that it is a safe space to share some of the mistakes because that's a common question that I ask on the podcast is tell me something that you would go back and tell to yourself in year one of business or what is something that um, is a misconception of you and your success. Like Mm -hmm. that is something that for me, people look at... um, my businesses. And I often hear from other planners. It's like, Oh my gosh, how do you do it all? You have everything together. All these things look like so perfect. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the funny part is that like, I totally have areas of my life that I'm a complete nutter hot mess. And we all have that. Like we all Mm -hmm. do, whether it is that your car is on empty and you're driving it for a day and a half or Mm -hmm. your um, office. I'm looking at my desk right now. Your desk is a disaster or you have laundry that you started in the wash and you forgot about it for three days. And now it smells like we all have those just (laughs) very human moments, but in the world of social media, you're looking at someone's business and thinking like they've got all the wins and I'm over here riding the struggle bus. I, you know, I think that's great. You bring that up because there are a lot of wedding vendors with egos that will brag how great they are. I like talking to the ones that learn from mistakes and like your, your podcast, I like learning from other people's mistakes because I, I have them and I want mm-hmm. to get better. And I think that's great that your podcast gives that to other one of what other wedding vendors like myself, because there's too many, there's too much ego out there. It's true. In, in the industry. And it's like, you need to take a step back. You're, you're, you're just like all of us. You know what I mean? I just like to take it to that human level. Like there are days that I'm an awesome business owner and there are days that I'm not an awesome business owner. And there are days that I'm a great mom and there are days that I'm not, but, um, that's kind of the case as a whole from, um, interviews that I've had with people all across the industry from the top, like the people that I look at and I think I want to get there one day, they're still making mistakes and Mm -hmm. doing dumb things too. Like we all are. Yeah. You know, I I have to give you credit for both your podcasts. One thing I can't, I mean, negativity is contagious. I get pulled into it. Sometimes my wife be like, you know, 
turn this off because ne- negativity, I'm, I, I'm mostly mm-hmm. laid back, but if I, any kind of negativity or it gets around me, I feed into it. I don't know why I do that. It's just my being human. You're human. But yeah, but your, your podcasts are always positive. And I'm going to give you credit for that because there are a lot of podcasts that, oh my gosh, that was the worst client. Oh my gosh, I came with this one time. Like, I can't believe these people are putting co- podcasts out there ripping on clients and they're going to hear it and not yeah. just your name. So, I mean- that's good for you that you bring the positivity. I think it's important to all podcasts. You know what I mean? Thanks. I think I do have in the back of my mind that it's not like my podcast is under lockdown. And uh, I know the level of research that I do uh, when I'm exploring people that I'm possibly going to work with. And if I were a couple and I was looking at hiring my planning company and it's linked, I mean, it's linked on my Instagram, it's in my signature and they saw, oh, she has a podcast. I absolutely would tune into that podcast. And if I heard that planner, like telling a horrible client story, I would not want to work with them. So I think there's, there's authenticity and keeping it real, but then I'm a believer in like, you have to be professional as well. Absolutely. And Joe Bunn, he's our real big DJ in, in the triangle out here. And he started the DJ vault for all of the DJs to, to get, you know, better marketing, you know, build your business. He's, he's such a, a great individual for the DJ world. And you actually come out with the planner vault for the, the wedding industry. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a great story. So Joe reached out to me. I've known Joe for years. He's still holding it against me that I didn't use him for my wedding back in 2010. Um, and it, I thought he was too expensive at the time. Cause I was cheap, um, <laughs> but Joe, yes, I, um, Joe reached out to me and said, Hey, I'd love for you to come into my DJ membership and share what planners, like what are the pet peeves of planners and DJs? What are ways that DJs can go above and beyond? And so I was over at his office and we were recording this video and I didn't even know what the DJ's vault was at the time, but after the recording was over, I was like, now what is this, what is this membership? And he started telling me about it. And I had been building out a course for wedding planners. Like it was already framed out of what I wanted it to be. But the idea of a membership really spoke to me because, um, one of my core, like values is community and supporting others. And I liked that the membership allowed a continued relationship instead of just purchase this course, maybe go through it once and then never see anything come out of it from there. So yeah, I, um, I do credit Joe with giving me the creative license to go after doing something similar for the wedding planners in the industry. And I launched that membership February 27th. So about three, two and a half, three weeks before the world absolutely fell apart, um, which turned out to be a blessing and a curse. So a curse, because um, I don't know if we were able to grow at the level that I originally would have wanted it to be pre-pandemic, but a blessing because Sorry, it's my dog in the All backyard. Right. That's, that's, um, I love it. I love normality. You know, okay. <laughs> hearing a dog is actually okay. Sometimes when it's quiet, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a blessing because those members in the vault, I mean, we bonded to a level that I don't know that we would have before. If everyone was busy like doing weddings, it might've just been a place to go to get a template and ask an occasional question. But man, the lows that that membership went through together over the last 12 months, it has led to 
connections and referrals and support. And I mean, it is a tight knit community and that part is really, really cool. Very cool. And so tell us a little bit about, uh, the planner vault, what wedding planners can get out of that service. Yeah, absolutely. So it is, um, done for you templates and documents. It is, uh, expert webinars once a month. It is the community. It is, I do like small group coaching sessions within there. And really it's exactly what I did not have when I became a new business owner, um, 11 years ago and I made all the mistakes. So I made one of my (laughs) biggest mistakes was not doing my research and purchasing a planning business, but again, learned from it and it, it turned out to be great. Um, it is, it takes all those speed bumps and all the hurdles of not charging the right amount for my services in booking the wrong client in hiring the wrong team members in marketing in the wrong ways and throwing away money at things that really were not impactful. And all of that is put into the membership in a way that it is guidance and assurance that you are on the right path, or perhaps you're kind of on the right path, but you need to take a couple steps this way. That's basically what the membership is. It looks, it sounds very cool. It sounds very cool. Um, and now it's time for, what I call a little bit of fast acquaintance. You ready to have some fun? I can't wait. All right. So basically it's, I'm going to ask some questions and, and they're, they're corny questions, but that's why I like, that's why I, like I love this. it. All right. So the first question is sourdough or wheat? Sourdough. Okay. Would you rather cuddle with a, pan, a baby panda or a baby penguin? Oh gosh. A uh, penguin. Name all the seven drawers. Ooh, sleepy, sneezy, dopey, happy, grumpy, doc. And yeah, what is the last one? Sleepy, sneezy. Who am I missing? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is the fun part. I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) Whoever's listening to your podcast right now is like, you missed it. It was this one. That's the best part of this. It's I keep it fun, you know? So don't be, I don't know. Sneezy, happy. I think you didn't say happy. I think I did. I don't did know. You? All right. Well, I'll, I'll have to message you when, when we're done because I have to Google it. <laughs> 100%. I'm going to beat myself up over this all day long, by the way. I, I do the same thing. I'll have, to, I'll have to like stop during the movie. Who's that person on? I know. Yes. That? And then you'll stop and you're yeah. like, what are you Googling? Um, would you want to live forever if you could? Mm, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And favorite cup of tea? Oh, I'm really into tea right I now. I saw you drinking actually. tea there. Yeah, yeah. I have this like tangerine tea that has caffeine in it, which I really like. Um, I just, I'm newly into tea within like the last 30 days. So I Did you give up question. coffee or? No, I like to start with coffee in the morning and then I switch to tea in the afternoon, which has a little bit less caffeine. I tried making like pan, uh, Panera bread and how they have the, the amazing iced tea. I tried... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like hibiscus something tea. How was it? It was awful. Really? Um, yeah. I just, I, I, it's, I just want to be easy. Pour it on a glass. Uh, do you drink coffee? I do coffee. I do like three, three cups of coffee in the morning. I kind of went up one cup and I'm yeah. like wired for a little bit and then I crash. So one of my greatest like adult life accomplishments is that I can drink black coffee. Now it took me years to be able to do that. I can't do anything in my coffee. I, I, when I was in the banking world, a funny story, I, my wife, she kept, we had these two coffee mugs and they, they were the same that time. And I was heading out to work and I got in the car, you know, I turned the radio on, you're having your coffee. Mm-hmm. I took a drink and that cream hit my, I about wrecked my car. Not <laughs> <laughs> that was, and she still, we still laugh at that, but I make, I just make fun of people who drink cream in their coffee. It says, no, drink That's it so straight. Funny. Yeah. But, it took me a couple of years to get to it. 
Um, before we end the show, I just like to get, you know, pick your brain. What advice would you give to those getting into the wedding planning business? Because I know you guys do have the hardest job. You're there all day, you know, and you plus from the time they're, they're planning to the time it's over, even afterwards, you guys are, you know, finished everything up. What advice would you give to those getting into this business? Mm, I love that question too. I have a, a few tips. One is be humble. Um, I think as a wedding planner, sometimes I've seen planners get a little bit too, uh, high up there in like, I'm leading the show. Everyone needs to report to me. Um, that's going to not serve you well as you build your business. Cause as we mentioned, we're all human. So there's definitely been things as a planner that I have dropped the ball on. And if I'm not humble, it's really hard for me to go to that DJ and say, listen, I totally forgot to tell you that they wanted to add this song in. I know you didn't have that plan. Please forgive me. Like, let's make this happen. Um, so be humble and, uh, seek out, uh, planners that do the same thing as you don't go so deep into the idea that like, this is my competition and I can't interact with them. My secrets have to stay in this safe and I'm not, I'm not building relationships. I think that that's very detrimental to the growth of your business. And I live and uh, breathe the belief that each of us is holding a set of cards. Like we, we each have certain skill sets that make me different from this planner, from that planner and the people, the clients that are meant to find me, they're going to find me. And the clients that are meant to find these other planners are going to find them as well, but supporting each other and having that place to ask questions and be vulnerable and say like, man, I really stink at this. Can someone help me? That's community. And I love that. Awesome. Great, great, great feedback. And after all this is over, I told all my guests, I want to go to like a coffee house or somewhere cool in Raleigh. Cause I love Raleigh and everything we have in town. We'll have to do, do another follow-up uh, interview and everything with like in a coffee house or something have, or tea. It. We can have tea, but I just want to say, Megan, thank you so much for being on the player music podcast. You're awesome. You're great for the community and great helping those wedding planners. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks Kurt. I loved this conversation. I really appreciate you reaching out. Absolutely. Thank you. To learn more about Megan and her podcast, be sure to check her out on weddingsforreal.com. Thanks for listening to the Playmore Music Podcast, made possible by Hilton Productions. If you need a male or female voiceover, contact Hilton Productions today. Hilton Productions, let our voices do the selling.